Recording. Chris Smith, I made you watch Heat, the 1995 heist movie that isn't just an excuse to have Robert De Niro and Al Pacino sit down at a diner and act the shit out of each other. Yeah. We start and end every show by saying at least one nice thing about the topic. I think there might be more for this one, but at least one. This is your first time, I think, going first in the compliment sandwich. What is your major compliment for Heat? What? I've gone first before. Come on. But uh, well, not since we we switched it to making the guest go first. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Uh, my major comment is that I love a gentleman bank robber. Um, yeah. So we actually also just last night at a friend's birthday party watched Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and those are some also oh. gentleman bank robbers. I'd say more gentlemanly. More gentlemanly. I mean, there's a part at which Robert De Niro's robbing a bank and he's like, we're just after the bank's money, not your money. Your money is insured. Just everybody's, you know, if you feel lightheaded, lean against a wall, you know, like he's, he's being pretty, uh, pretty genteel right before he then decks a guy in the mouth. Oh yeah. And then just opens fire in broad daylight. Yeah. Like many, many shopping centers. But for just, 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 just a little bit. He was a little gentlemanly. He was a little gentleman. I was like, oh, I would have liked if somebody at the bank had been like, well, I appreciate your theory on insurance. The fact that you're doing this raises the insurance rates for everybody, and thus you are costing all of us money. Okay, yeah, I would have loved much. it if that smart person piped up. That would have been... Probably also would have gotten punched in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. <Just saying. laughs> but it would have uh, been a good point. Yeah. You know, you know guys, uh, do, do you have a, a top gentleman bank robber uh, that you like? Because I know, I know who mine is. Well, why don't you oh. tell us who yours is? Uh, it's um, this is like you just asked me if I had any fun weekend plans, just so you can tell me about yours. No, no, no. I'd be like, hey, did anyone go to any like uh, amusement parks uh, recently? Because that would be. I- I'd like to talk about amusement. No, um, <laughs> someone's uh, fishing. Okay, uh, so in the movie Out of Sight. Oh yeah. Um, uh-huh. mm. um, just, you got a, such a, a really dope George Clooney. Uh, he doesn't oh, even need a gun to, to rob a bank. Um, it's it's uh, he is the coolest. Yeah, he's pretty cool in Ocean's Eleven, too, when they uh, are robbing that casino. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh man. God. Yeah, that's more of a con thing for parts of it, but yeah, but it does it's, have it's a heist. It's I a think heist. I like a con better than a bank robbery, just in general. Like, yeah. I'm just not as... It just doesn't seem like a reasonable way to make money. Oh, no. All. No, like, they almost always get caught. There's con. no financial sense in what they're doing, ever. Well, and it's I mean, not there's like, money there. It, 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 I mean, there's some financial sense. If they're, if they're in robbing... In the sense that they're going to, like, grab the money. But it's like, grab the organized, serial-marked money that, like, you everyone saw you take. Die like, packets what? are in there. Yeah, there's just so many hurdles, too. And then, like, oh, I'm sorry, I just need to deposit these, like, kajillion dollars of cash somewhere, anywhere. <laughs> you go back to the same bank. You're like, look, uh, checking account number 6432. <laughs> I just would like oh. to deposit this bag of money covered in blood. You know what yeah. I really could do is just like if you say that, like, hey, could you just move all the money you have into this account? <laughs> that would really save everyone a lot of heartache. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I would like uh, I would like you to make a transfer of non sequential unmarked bills with I no die packs. Like... Don't put any die packs in a checking account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just don't see how it, I don't in the same way that I don't understand the like financial sense behind Fast and Furious movies, I don't get how this is the way to make money. It's it doesn't seem like a good thing to me, although uh I like that this movie introduced the character of the like crime producer, distributor, uh agent. What was that the guy with the mullet who was like John Foyt? Yeah, who was, was like just the like he was a fence. So he's like here. He's like, hey, so I he heard about a- this thing, but you know, if you want it, great. And then, like, if you if you steal the money, he can help launder it. And he's stuff. a community organizer. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he seems good. like he never gets shot by assault rifles, so that may be a better job. I mean, I think his haircut is its own shooting. Well, <laughs> that, the character that was based on in real life actually went straight and then became a movie producer. Yes. Well, so not all the way straight. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So exactly. now he's just writer, writer and movie producer. <laughs> Ezra biting the hand that could have fed him. Oh, white yeah, men. Should have fed me sooner, otherwise him. I would have bitten you. <laughs> uh, that actually, so I'm going to use that to uh, springboard into my compliment then, because I have seen this movie a couple times before, but I never looked up the real life aspects of it, and I was in, for some reason I just had a feeling this time I was watching the uh, the, the massacre downtown where the uh, cops had war rifles and just were shooting from a long distance into crowds of people hoping to get the bad guys. Okay, but to their to their credit, I'm pretty sure most of those people in the crowds, they didn't know. So... Mm. They didn't credit? know the police personally? Or yeah, yeah, they exactly. didn't know they were getting shot by police, they thought it was the bad guys? Both! Those police I mean, people didn't know them. This yeah, seems that's, like, that's not actually a thing. Best. Yeah. It is. But, but what I like about you, Ezra, is you swing at every pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you miss 90% of the pitches you don't swing at. <laughs> And most of the ones you do swing at, it's a hard sport. But um, I, I just was watching that massacre, and I was like, "This is so stupid. This is, it's like, it's, this is insane that anyone would write this into a movie that the cops just have assault rifles and just fire back in a crowded middle of the day." Yeah. And so, and for some reason, I got this inkling. I was like, "It's so dumb. I bet this is based on a real story, and this part is true." And that absolutely is what happened. That yes. sounds right. Yeah. This, no, I, I believe it. Because yeah, why would you write this up? And the other thing that is actually real uh, is their conversation in the diner between the cop and the robber is almost verbatim of a conversation that existed between the real cop and the real robber. They just took the cop's transcript from his like report on it later and wrote wow. it up. And that's that dialogue. Wow. That's well, I mean, okay, I guess some people are actually living this, which, you know, flies in the face of everything I would like to believe. No, I, I mean, my theory is that it's, this is, uh, they are overrepresented in movies, but uh, this is one that existed in the 60s. So not yeah. a lot of people are living this, but it did happen at least once. Yeah, no, this is probably, probably not again, I'm going to guess. <laughs> well, and the, the, like the super organized crew concept of movies is just not common and in in the real story the crew seems a lot more like oh we just got some shitty gangsters together to rob a bank more like the crew from pain and gain yes everything is more like the pain and gain crew that in real life that's 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 a dark time for me yeah Yeah, what a bad movie that was 65 percent more benny hill music playing in the background exactly (laughs) uh tanya uh speaking of crazy but true what's your compliment it doesn't have to be I, crazy, but true. I just wanted to segue. That sounded good. <laughs> um, I I like Amy Brenneman, so it was nice to see her face. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't. But generally, I mean, like women in this movie, thumbs down. Sorry, everyone. Why did this happen? I just was not impressed with anybody's like situation or the way it was handled or like what. Or Al Pacino like, just yelling at women all the time. Yeah, Al Pacino just yelling at women. <laughs> Because yeah. why not? Because that's what about what, them know. when they're not there. About yeah, because their, their like they're stabilizing passes. when you need them to be, but they're shrewish when you don't. And yeah. you know their needs or wants are never taken into consideration. It the list goes on and on. But yeah, it's just this uh, thing I, where it's just like, hey, here's some awesome guys. Why are these women keeping them from being awesome? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, 
I do think that this is like, uh, at least this movie is trying to talk about the toll that living a life of crime will take on your relationship. Yeah, because that was such a mysterious territory. Like, who knew that a life of crime was really going to be hard on a dude one time? Like, oh, how could you imagine? I I agree with you entirely, but this was the first heist movie I've seen about work-life balance. (laughs) Really? But it's not even about work-life balance because the person, like the the home life, never gets a voice other than like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, like, and then like getting slapped around, and everyone's sort of like, I don't know, stay with him, he seems great. Like once he finishes this one job, like it's just this like complete faith in a system that makes no actual sense. Where it's like we're just gonna do this one crazy bank robbery, shoot a bunch of people, and then you guys can just be a family, you know, yeah. like normal people do after they yeah. murder a bunch of people. What? Well, I mean, also, but again, to be fair, Tanya, we don't hear about all the people who kill those people and had a happy home life because they just disappeared, you know? Like, we only hear about the ones that were. Yeah, those people are all living on white sand beaches indefinitely. Yeah, Yeah, we don't hear about that story. I went to White Sand Beach, all right? There were a lot of murderers there. (laughs) A lot of of murderers and their happy families because Lord knows that, like, sometimes when you're stressed out from murdering people, you slap your wife, but then you never do it again. Yeah, no, yeah, it's just, just the once. Really, really, he's a good guy. He's such a good yeah. guy. Yes, yeah, sometimes he well, throws well, things at walls and screams in front of his child, but that's not like a normal thing. Um, it's nothing a lot of money that you can't put in a bank will solve. <laughs> uh, <laughs> huh? I uh, think bank robbing isn't the 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 the, ca- the catch all solution that I thought it was. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm a naysayer. There is probably a lot more evidence to back up this idea that this is the perfect crime. <laughs> Ezra, I really appreciate you being willing to swing at every pitch because Tanya's throwing some tough pitches right now for fun riffing. <laughs> she's got the screwball and the heater working now. No, it's, oh, it's and really I liked Al Pacino's me. wife's haircut. It was cute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Ezra, that leaves you. So that Grab was a softball. I'm, not, I'm just going to take that last one. I'm just going to let that one go by. See where it lands. <laughs> good eye. Good eye. All right, Ezra, what's your, what is your major compliment for heat? Uh, I think this is a compliment to attention spans in the mid nineties. Oh, Jesus, because uh, they existed. I guess this movie was nearly three hours long, and people could watch that. For a movie about getting in and out on a timer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure does take a sweet time. I like Runs the idea of someone like, this, this thing where like you can leave anything you love within thirty seconds, and just like I, I think that the hardcore people in that movie are just like you know what, I'm done. there's editors who just left years ago (laughs) yeah and and it's not like it's like every moment it's not not every frame of painting you know there's like uh, for example the story with his daughter doesn't seem to be for any reason yeah i mean it's it's cool that natalie portman got some early work after after leon uh but uh i don't know her defense we were all wearing barrettes then right barrettes were way more important no one can understand how important barrettes were <laughs> to the 90s, 1995 people. Uh, yeah, what a what a thick movie. This is a uh, now. I don't know if you know Alex, but that whole thing with the barrettes totally taken from real life. Also, <laughs> <laughs> well, we were trying to figure out why there's that whole story with her, and the the fact that that conversation in the diner is almost verbatim. Uh, M- Megan and I were thinking that maybe that's why they had to do the whole story with his daughters because he talked about it in that scene and they had to like retcon him having a daughter or stepdaughter just to get that in there yeah i yeah it could be they're trying to show you know the lack of work-life balance and how how crazy he actually is but actually he like 
that does pretty well by Natalie Portman. Yeah, she, she's the only one who seems to like actually have like somebody caring about her, not her real father, and that's why she's so sad. But yeah, because dads father. are the only ones that matter. It turns out if you just don't have a dad, like you're fucked, man. Well, uh, I mean, he does. On the other hand, he does leave like the hospital to go kill a dude. Yeah, like, there is sort of a point at which he's like, so now this is when the real work starts and some people are going to have to go to therapy and we're going to have to actually talk about this. Excuse me, I have to go murder some people. I'll see you <laughs> You just had to time. murder the one person and that person, Hella, deserved it. Well, more people <laughs> deserved it. Right, oh, like, sure. No, he's not wait. the only one who deserved it, but he, he, I don't, I feel like if someone deserved to die in a gun battle on an airport runway, it was him. Well, he was definitely cool with it, so. Yeah, he seemed fine. Yeah, he, he just wanted someone to hold his hand in that last moment. Yeah. I <laughs> just needed a thumbs up. Just needs a little tenderness. Yeah. yeah. Turns out all this time he just wanted someone to hold his hand while he died. Mm. What a sweet guy. Oh, Did you know the real guy was actually held at Alcatraz? Oh, yeah? The yeah. Rock? Yeah. He wow. was held inside the Rock. He, yeah, the, the Rock has such tight abs. He's, you can't escape from him. No. Um... For, for just, this is like a serious thing. Yeah, if you're ever in San Francisco, totally check out the Alcatraz tour. It's pretty good. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, I've always wanted to. I've never been able to go. Have you? No, did you just do it recently? No, no, I, I haven't been for a while. But like, I, I went twice with like you know uh, with just friends who are were touring the area, and like, it was really fun both times. Like, I, like it's 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 legit. Like, I think they do a good job. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, add anyway, it to the list. That's it. If anyone ever wants to come visit me in San Francisco, uh, I'll totally go on the Alcatraz tour with you. I I will take you up on that. All right, we'll post, cool. We'll post pictures on the website. You watch for that in a couple months. Great, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Tanya, thoughts? Yes. What? You want to come on the Alcatraz tour? <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, know. You know, sure. Why not? Prisons <laughs> seem like a thing that makes sense too. <laughs> We we haven't re-examined that conceit in a long time, and that seems like the right call. I knew I could count on you. Can I uh, wait, Tanya? Can, I, can, can, can you offer an alternate plan? Well, no, I can't, and that's why I don't bring this opinion up very often. But it also just feels like I don't know. We've evolved our thinking on so many things, but if someone does something bad, we just put them in a house with a lot of other bad people. I mean, <laughs> for an arbitrary amount of time. Uh, you you make a good point. It's like. Well, I'm just saying, like, you make a good point because it's not like like putting anyone in a house makes them a better person, right? With other people, like, I think everyone that bring, houses tend to bring out the worst in any everyone. Oh, you mean uh, just when, roommate situations? Yeah, right. So, like, I can't imagine that's going to bring out the best in like not people who have some issues to work out, right? When we so. lived together, we fought over cheese, and now you're going to put him in a house with other murderers. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to have a great roommate dynamic. Maybe it's yeah. two wrongs make a right, though. <laughs> Could be. Chris, what was your what was your what was your riff, riff okay. Rooney? Don't worry no? about it. Saving right. that one, putting it back in the fridge. Yep. No riff fridge. Labeled. <laughs> Nobody touch it. You ain't gotta feel what I'm saying. Oh no. I'ma say it though. I swear they think it's all fun again. Good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about highly respected but controversial movies from the 90s. Uh, we always have been and always will be. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And I have got one heck of a panel today, you guys. I'm sure you're going to be very excited. First up, joining us in Northern California, it's Mr. Ezra Fox. Don't call me Heat. Call me Mr. Heat. <laughs> what? 
That was a quote. Show me where it wasn't. <laughs> Show me where it wasn't. <laughs> that was a, yeah, can't prove a negative. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, that's also Robert De Niro's teaching Al Pacino how to drive, you know? <laughs> oh, good reference. Um, also joining us today, at the Tanya Best on Twitter in Brooklyn, New York, it's Tanya Smith. I'd speak up, but I'm a woman. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, really? Not letting this go, huh? It's, well, it's very Just real. The whole movie and all of its problems? I guess not. I mean, I like I said, I agree with you entirely. I just don't know how to riff on that subject. <laughs> I'll try. I'll keep on trying every time. I'll try. <laughs> As it's going to give it a valiant effort. Another 98 mile an hour slider right past Ezra. <laughs> okay, hitting the head multiple miss. times. You're going to need a better glove, Ez. <laughs> Also uh, joining us today, we have a very special guest. He's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter. Certainly, you've never been the third person introduced on the Whoa. panel before. Yeah, also in our Brooklyn studio. It's Mr. Chris Smith. Hey, hey everybody. Hey, I'm just a I'm just a lonely construction supplies operator, and I, you know, you seem on the up and up, Val Kilmer. I'm just going to sell you a whole bunch of shaped charges for construction. <laughs> That's exactly out. what these are for. All you need to do is say the name of a construction company when you check out. Yep. Oh, okay. you know, um, Does anyone know one? Because I don't. Bob's Demolition Tucson. Yep. Bob's Demolition in Tucson. You just say that and they hand you explosives. Is it free? Yeah. No, no. It's like $800. Oh, oh pass. Hard pass. <laughs> so we just need a few more sponsors. <laughs> All right, you guys. This is episode number 377. Oh, wow. The show. Ooh, mommy. We've now done as many episodes as the middle three numbers that you should call if you have any information about a bank robbery in Yonkers on Thursday. It was at about 1230. The suspect handed a note <laughs> demanding money to a teller at the Westchester Bank located at 2001 Central, ba- Central Park Avenue in Yonkers, according to police. He then fled on foot with an as yet undetermined amount of money, according to Yonkers police. Anyone with information on the identity of the subject should call 914-377-7725. That's 914-377-7725 for the Yonkers Police. If you have any information about the bank robbery on February 2nd. Wow. You're listening to The Blotter, the yeah. one and only podcast all about local crimes and tips that you can give. But for traffic and weather. <laughs> I have, uh, when, when you Google numbers in the, <laughs> and you click on the news section, which I do at least once a week, you get a lot of things where they find the, the number I'm looking for in a phone number, sure. and I always ignore them, but this was about a bank robbery. Yeah. It's pretty good. So it was it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Smooth. Too bad those people are on a white beach right now. <laughs> Speaking of... Um, man, I can't think of any segue here. Um, anyway, really? we watched Bank Heat. robberies to bank robberies? Yeah, I have nothing. Speaking of the thing we're still talking about. <laughs> that, was a, that was a little bit I was doing I, about not being able to think of a segue. Anyway, we're watching Heat, you guys. Uh, Beautiful. <laughs> Robert De Niro and Hank Azaria. That's the only people in this movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you want to force us to watch something and decide why the women don't talk, go to readdutchweep.com and sign up on our mailing list and we will have sponsorship opportunities available and you can choose our topics for us. You can also get the wonderful Weekly Weep, which I'm enjoying right now, so you should all check it out. Chris. Yeah. One last time for me. Will you do me a, a favor? Yeah, sure. What, what's that, man? Anything for you. In the style of Val Kilmer, but I should let you know, I just pushed the silent alarm, so you have exactly 45 seconds before the cops show up. 
Okay. Do you actually want a summary of this in 45 seconds? No, you can get caught by the cops. It's okay. <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. Michael Mann directed a movie called Heat. Who is in Heat, you might be asking? Robert De Niro is in Heat. Al Pacino is in Heat. Val Kilmer's in Heat. That guy from the Allstate Insurance, Den- Dennis Haysbert, he's in Heat. And when That dog Ashley- down the street, also in Heat. Yeah. <laughs> when Ashley Judd's in Heat, she's a blonde. Teenage Ellie <laughs> Portman is in Heat, but she's pretty sad. John Voight is in Heat, and he grows a mustache. Danny Trejo's in Heat. He just goes by his name, Trejo. And Hank Azaria's in Heat. There are a lot of people in Heat. In this is such a good joke, Chris. <laughs> I really so, like it. When, when Robert De Niro is in Heat, uh, he uses planning and precision to do uh, heists. So uh, he and his crew rob $1.6 million from an armored car. And along with his normal crew, he hired some new whack job who they said was cool, but he wasn't cool. And on the whack job, his name is uh, Wayne Grow. Um, this Wayne Grow guy just flips out and kills a bunch of guards. So he gets kicked out of the gang. They try to kill him, but he gets away. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, uh, but oh, it does, <laughs> it, it comes up later because, uh, so yeah, anyway, that's, that's Robert De Niro. But when Al Pacino is in heat, he chases Robert De Niro around Los Angeles and shoots at him. Albert, Al Pacino is Vincent Hanna. He's a detective in LA and he works on like major crimes and organized crime like this. And, and he has a wife and a stepdaughter, but no time for them or their problems because he has what I would call a, a wide latitude in that police yes. department. Very wide latitude. Yeah. So there's a like, lot of stuff. Yeah. Like Denzel and training day kind of, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, Al Pacino and his team determined that it's policing. De Niro's crew. Um, that that did this and so they track them down and they they find out they're going to uh rob some precious metals from a precious metals box who know, whatever um but when they're staking them out uh one of the doofuses on al pacino's team uh does something clumsy and then everybody looks up and then uh the criminals get spooked and they leave uh because their real big score is 12 million dollars from a bank um that they're gonna rob uh and so they they go to rob the bank and things get out of hand and escalate very quickly, culminating in a shootout in the streets Wait of LA. Wait a second, Chris. They're going to go rob a bank, huh? Yeah. And, well, and But they should leave. They know the cops are coming. Well, they should leave. And they, they've got a... They know that the cops are coming, but they plan to be out of there beforehand. Because well, all the alarms... One last job. So they don't have a list of like a bunch of other jobs they're going to do after this, Chris? No, this, it seems like they're, it's one last job. You know, oh, it seems... Cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It seems like this is the big score that would make them all enough money where they can they can retire in happiness. Uh, you know? Finally, it's so nice to have enough money, guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, so, so the real reason they don't have enough money is because it turns out people who rob banks for a living maybe aren't great financial planners. That's true. No. Well, and they actually there's this line where they ask like Robert De Niro, like, "Hey, how come you never have any money?" And he's like, "Well, you know." Or no, sorry, never mind. I was thinking of Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid. <laughs> hey, how come you never have any money? And he's like, well, you know, you give some to the crew, and then you're paying out the community, and, you know, you're just, like, being a good guy about lending all this money around, and then you don't have any more, so you got to go rob more. Yeah, that's not in this movie. In this movie, Robert De Niro has a ton of money in, like, T-bonds and real estates. Yeah. Uh, good for him. The main problem is that uh, Val Kilmer is a gambling addict. Yeah. And so they do the one last job because Val Kilmer is like, please? Yeah. I'm not super employable. Yeah. Well, and when Val Kilmer's in heat, he grows his hair out really long and he helps. Oh, Robert man. When he's in heat with crime style. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he, he gets shot. Turns out for him pretty okay, right? 
Yeah, he he does uh he does the crime stuff and he gets shot but like tagged in the shoulder um and he gets away and then he goes and makes a movie called The Saint in the next couple of years. So it's all it's all working. <laughs> so out. He, okay. he leaves he leaves crime to go be in okay movies. Yeah. I actually so, guys, I really like The Saint. The oh, Saint okay. was pretty good. You know, cuz he had so many different like disguises. Like yeah, mustaches be fun for sure. Uh, <laughs> you I, liked the saint because of the number of mustaches that Val Kilmer had and took off, had and took off because <laughs> then he revealed it wasn't his real mustache. So uh, <laughs> but uh, so after a couple of hours of being in heat, Robert De Niro realizes his plan is completely effed and he wants to leave the country, but not before getting revenge on that guy, Wayne Grow, who was a total whack job. Wait, so person. he could have left the country, but he stayed around to do another thing. Yeah. One last kill. <laughs> One last murder. Um, and then, so Al Pacino chases him to the airport where there's the last stand. And after being in heat for almost three hours, Robert De Niro dies. And that's the movie. Um, I mean, I I just, I can sympathize with him about that one last kill. Because, like, I, I who has not, like, you know, nearly missed a plane? Because they're like, you know what? There's a thing I got to do here. And I don't know if they're going to have it in the place where I'm going. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man! Just, what if I can't shoot him when I get to my destination? Yeah, I exactly. try to do mine here. is much more. I know this is the only airport with a Shake Shack in it, and so sure. I really want to get that last Shake Shack milkshake or concrete or whatever, hot uh, dog, or a hot dog or whatever. And like, oh, but my plane's Shack. boarding. Which one do I choose? Which one do I choose? Probably your plane, though, because logic <laughs> is real. <laughs> what, what's a? Can I've never a, almost missed a plane. I, I I don't understand anything you guys are talking about. I just. Can I be in line? How early can I be in line? Yeah. Do you want to get there three hours in advance and just start waiting? Just no, tell just, me what. Wait, tell yeah, me where the bees go. <laughs> your, your plane lands. You just turn around, go back to the gate, basically. Wait for the... I'm sure I'll need to be here eventually. <laughs> uh, Should I go to a Shake Shack, guys? This is good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Cool. I don't think I can go to a Shake Shack. I don't think they exist. Fun I, um, isn't there one in LA now? There, yeah, there, uh, there is one in LA now. But um, yeah, it's it's better versions of fast food than most fast food. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, is there a, a this is like a, this is a famous chef, right? He opened the one in the park. Yeah. This, yeah. It's Danny Meyer. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Shake Shack's supposed to be pretty good. Did we go? We went, right, Chris? We did. We had milkshakes. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. I just Googled this in Google Maps and Google Maps is a survey that says, how much do you trust the map on this screen? Ah, oh, less like now that you way. ask. Yeah, yeah, now that you're calling it into question. I didn't, you just said that. Now I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. I don't like authority. Yeah, I was like, what, what, what do you really know about that map, Alex? I don't know. What, what do you mean? Okay, uh, sorry. Back to work. Uh, so, <laughs> back to all these men in heat. Uh, Chris, I'm not joking. I really like that bit. <laughs> Tanya and I were riffing on that for like the last day. I enjoy it so much. I wish I had thought of it. I'm so jealous, but I'm glad you're on my team. Um, so, uh, oh, I didn't mention, why are we watching this movie? Um, we're watching this movie because we're, we're going to talk about more at the end. Uh, but Chris and Tanya, you guys are uh, cutting back your roles on the show. Uh-huh. And so mm-hmm. we wanted to do one last job with you. So we picked um, a one last job movie. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk more about the scandal that is causing you to depart um, in the second half of the show. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what you're accused of doing, what we have you on tape doing, yeah. <laughs> what you're planning on doing later that is also scandalous. Yeah. We have a lot of things coming up. But first, uh, let's talk a little bit more about this. So had, had you, you guys seen this before? No. 
Oh, no. yes? Oh. Uh, no, although I tried to read the book, but instead found out about Bill Buford's adventures um, in Mario Batali's kitchen. Uh-huh. Uh, and ended up going to visit uh, the butcher shop there in Italy. So you so, could only read one Heat book? No, and I you just... Chose- no, Honestly, I, like, I, tried- I read the Bill Buford Heat book, and I feel like I made the right choice. I'm so well, excited that I didn't accidentally read this book. Yeah. I, I don't know if there is a book, but no, I just I was like, I want like years ago, I was like in the uh, in the library, uh, and I was like, it's like, oh, Heat, yeah, that's that movie I wanted to watch at one point. I'll check out the book, and I got it home, and it definitely was not that. And I realized <laughs> it eventually. Wait, wow. Wow. Yeah, and I then just, and it shaped my but, life in interesting ways. Huh. So at the library, you didn't read the blurb. You didn't. <laughs> Uh, it was a title that I recognize, man. Like, I don't go to the library to read. I go to the library to bring stuff home to read. I go, I go to the library to look at a spine, grab a book, and sprint from the building. Because <laughs> the heat is coming. See. The heat. Yeah, I left it in 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, wish also, I wish the title of this movie had been Hot Stuff instead. <laughs> Hot Stuff? I don't yeah, know that they, they could have had that like epic like thirty minute chunk where every conversation had the word heat in it like four <laughs> when times. The hot stuff is on. You gotta it leave was, it there. At first, I was like, "Wow, this feels kind of subtle," and then eventually they just kept saying heat over and over and over again. <laughs> it's like, "You guys, give it a rest." Take when a you're a criminal and the heat is on. Do do do. Also, do, no one ever blamed the humidity, which I feel like would have been a good thing. <laughs> well, they're in LA. It's a dry. Don't heat. be so attached to anything that you could <laughs> drop it in thirty seconds if it gets real humid. <laughs> you know your hands; yeah, they yeah. get slippery. Yeah, yeah. Not if the heat is on, but if it's humid and hot, ugh. Oh, get out of there. Go. <laughs> I feel like that drop it in 30 seconds thing was like the KonMari method of this drop movie. It like it's hot. like everyone talks about it, but nobody's actually putting it into practice in a sustainable way. Yeah. It's like, don't yeah. worry. Does it does it spark joy? Can you drop it in 30 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you only have two sweaters, you can keep them both folded real nice, can't you, Marie? Because honestly... <laughs> Is honestly like even uh, even De Niro's decision to leave his like graphic designer lady takes him like more than thirty seconds. Oh, oh so yeah. Here's actually according to IMDb, a trivia page. It was twelve seconds for him to figure out that the dude was there, and then another thirty seconds for him to leave. Like apparently the whole se- whole segment turns out times up to forty two seconds, and so it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty in there. I don't if know. If he just got in the car and left, he would have been faster. And had his girlfriend with no, him. No, no, no. That takes 60 seconds to be gone. Well, and originally he, like, he spends, like, what? Like, a full, like, 36 hours being like, come with me. Come with me. So yeah. he wasn't even going to drop her until things got really bad. Well, I mean, I, like, so there are certainly problems with the movie. And, and you have uh, done a great job of enumerating them so far. Um, but one thing that I do like about it is that I like that that like it's i like a person living by like who has a principle and it's their one principle that they stand for and then they don't follow it the whole movie and it gets them in trouble because like the reason he was doing that one last job was because he actually was so attached to val kilmer his friend and he couldn't leave val kilmer when the heat was on he ended up he goes back for val kilmer after val kilmer's been shot in the clavicle and so his friendship there ends up actually being the thing that he lives by in his code and then his code he d- he doesn't follow his own code uh, with her. He could have gotten out of there and got to the airport a lot faster if he hadn't been trying to convince her to come with him. Uh, yeah, but I yeah. think it, here's here's why it's annoying. It all would have been fine if he hadn't just got one last murder. So and if he hadn't just, tried just, to get Wangro, you just yeah. want a movie that ends after the penultimate job. <laughs> That'd be nice. 
Well, I mean, here's the thing. Penultimate I, job, airplane, sandy beaches. I will say that the, the, the Wayne Grow inclusion feels like freaky and interesting. And I wish that we, in some ways, I sort of wish that we'd had a little bit more of that because he really does turn out to be like such a slimy, crazy person. Yeah, maybe a serial killer. killer. Yeah. He's definitely a serial killer. And I just feel like that to, that to me feels like so much more of an interesting like, oh, no, you're, you got some like serial killer in your bank heist. Yeah. Like, yeah. how are you going to deal with that? Like, that just, seems yeah. so much more crazy and compelling. It's such a weird movie, but there are just some moments of, like, I think just absolute brilliant filmmaking. Like, the first time we meet Slimy Serial Killer, we see him at a, like, drive-in. He walks to the window, like, taps his cup on the on the counter and is like, one more, give me another refill, and then leaves without collecting his refill. And oh, so yeah, we've... no, the first time we see him, he's, like, emerging from a bathroom, like, having taken off a shirt and, like, putting on a different shirt. And yeah. I immediately said to Chris, like, well, that's completely normal. <laughs> <laughs> and has, like, long, crazy hair. Yeah, yeah, but, like, but that two seconds of him with the coffee cup, like, being rude to service employees and then not giving a shit about the coffee because the other thing comes up. Like, we learn, we like, we hate him so fast from yeah. some very basic stuff. Like, there's just some moments like that that I thought were just, are just such good filmmaking and yeah. are so cool. I, I agree that that like that is that captures so much in in such little time. I think yeah. that my issue it's was not that like they were had a shortage of time. It's a three hour movie, but right. Well, yeah. There's they're being economical where maybe they didn't even need to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, How many nighttime shots of Robert De Niro staring off in the distance while he considers his plan? Do we need? Well, oh, uh, all it's, of a, them. it's a three hour movie, so maybe eighteen, twenty. Yeah, but I think my issue was also that we don't we don't get to like anyone really. Like I don't. I don't like any of these people and I especially don't like Val Kilmer yeah. and for somebody that everybody seems to like risk life and limb to do nice things for like could have been charismatic that would have yeah. helped <laughs> could have said anything interesting or jokey at any point that yeah. would have helped but yeah. instead he's constantly a slime ball and like that's not why women risk things for men that are bad to them like those that right. there's there's a whole other dimension that should have been represented if we're going to believe that Ashley Judd is not just a, a colossal idiot. Yeah, it's also real cl- unclear why uh, uh, a graphic designer likes a uh, main criminal. It just feels like <laughs> yeah Sorry, that that name that character name was really on the nose, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Robert De Niro and a uh, uh, girl who looks like uh, it's Amy Brenneman, Minnie yeah. Driver. No, Amy Brenneman. Amy Brenneman. Yeah, she's she's great. But why did yeah why why does she like him? It seems like they've met twice, and then she's I like, yeah, oh, no, that's that's him. enough. Because if you meet someone twice in L.A., that's it's it's a big city, man. You better hang <laughs> on to that person because she has curly hair and she bootstrapped her way into Parsons. Like I I, mean, I think we're supposed to cool. believe that she doesn't like really believe in herself, and so. You know, she's taken in by this guy who like grudgingly decides to love her. They've I gone on two like... dates. He told her that he's murdered people and then asked to go to New Zealand. And she's so interested in seeing where really? the Hobbit was filmed. She goes with him. We'll... Oh, man, it'd be filming like then. <laughs> yeah, right. That's actually pretty cool. <laughs> it was not filming. You in guys, five. Elijah Wood was not in heat. Where <laughs> <laughs> has he ever been? Um, <laughs> I don't know his home life. Um, McKellen is not in heat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, guys, uh, <laughs> ah, that's it. I'll leave. <laughs> Sorry. Do you guys have, do you guys have a general love for heist movies or, or not so much? It sounds like yeah, maybe not so much. I, I, no, you know, I really like heist movies. So I like, uh, I mean, really like Ocean's Eleven. I really like, yeah. uh, basically where a, a team of, of colorful characters comes together to accomplish something seemingly impossible. Um, and, and that's cool. 
Heat, I thought, was going to be more of a heisty movie, and it's not. I mean, the the other characters yeah. who are not... I'm going to say the only colorful character is Al Pacino. Because, um, like, everybody else is just very serious and glowering, and they don't get into the mechanics. They don't get into, like, the, you know, okay, here's the plan. We're going to, you know, and then the music starts playing, and then you got to, right. you know, visualize You, like, look at stuff. a diagram, and then someone points at a map, and then yeah. you, like cut to another no, there's, wall there's of evidence of stuff yeah no there's no that on the policing side there's not really on the criminal side there's not really yeah there's, and i really would have liked more heistiness i think there's one moment of like cops versus robbers that is incredible in this film and that is where the criminals think they're being chased by the cops so they go to the docks and they have this meeting about like here's our exit routes and we're looking over here and we're looking over here and then they leave and the cops show up and look around from that spot and they're like what are they looking at there's nothing valuable here and they realize the robbers did a f- were d- faking them out and then we're watching them from a tower nearby yes that scene on the docks is so clever yeah as a scene of like how you figured out the cops were following you and as a just as a scene for for this movie i think it's really really smart no. everything else is minimally heist related or crime related or cop related but that i've not seen anything that clever uh, in anything else it's such a good moment yeah i was just i, I was kind of hoping that you know similar to a george clooney character uh let's let's say the fantastic mr fox that you'd be sort of rooting for the criminals and like being like you know what you're you're lovable you know and like you know sort of a robin hood situation and this was not a robin hood situation if you had asked me my favorite heist movie i would not have said fantastic mr fox but now that you mention it yeah it should be pretty good it's pretty good good. yeah there's just a real there's a lack of oh i love there's a lack of charm across every character yeah and it's and i guess that this is the thing is like if you you put a bunch of glowery dudes in like a desert setting which like the way that la is shot in this movie feels really just like vast expanse of nothingness and sadness like and and then all they do is like act cruelly toward one another and the public at large and like all the people in their lives like it's hard for me to come away being like i don't know guys i loved it (laughs) There was just so much to hold on to. Well, here's something that's just like a filmmaking choice that I think helped underline that is like whenever like De Niro is walking through a room, like he's walking through a hospital, he's walking to steal an ambulance, he's walking through anywhere. You only hear the noises of machinery. You never hear people talking. And in fact, there aren't people talking in this movie very much at all. And really, it's people talking directly to each other. But you don't get a sense of this is this living city that's going on, you know, sort yeah. of in the background. And, and we should feel for all these people. And that's why when there's that shootout in, in the street in L.A., you're like, well, I guess the only real people in this are the people with the machine guns. Yeah, that's really interesting. Huh. It's uh, it's super like it's super spare in dialogue. And, you know, it, it's very moody, you know um and there's yeah, it definitely accomplishes that but we're, you don't you don't get the sense of of stakes in that way were, yeah. were you guys uh did everyone enjoy the coffee scene at the diner oh yeah this this is like one of this is why this movie is famous i think because this this diner scene is really um like a famous moment in in acting it is the most famous we're not so different you and i yeah scene cool i guess i guess the way i felt like it it felt like the movie existed for that scene, basically. And they tried to like to throw a lot of things like on either side of it, basically, to kind of to make that happen. But I feel like there were a lot of things that are happening just that felt like they could have been a different movie entirely. Like there's the whole like the family life, like like Natalie Portman thing, which just felt like kind of tacked on, right? And there's like the um uh um I wanna see the different movie that just focuses on Ralph, for example. Uh, oh my god, Ralph is my favorite. 
Oh, I uh, want to talk about Ralph. I was saving Ralph for my compliment, but we can talk about Ralph now. Uh, but yeah, but there's <laughs> like a lot of like little, little like bits and pieces basically to like sort of like to go around this like one moment that like they knew was like a really good thing. Um, yeah. And yeah. It, maybe they weren't exactly sure how to make the movie that justified that scene. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Um, yeah. It was. It's but such Michael Mann scene. sure did film at angles, which you know <laughs> I, I'm a sucker for. Actually, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. There's some there's some handsome moments in terms of just framing and and like yeah. just being like visually powerful for sure. The the scene in the diner is like I mean I've seen a lot of like we're not so different you and I speeches and conversations and this is the most I've ever like the most I've believed it. Normally those feel real <laughs> the stupid. least different. Yeah. <laughs> well like a lot of it when it's like when it's like Sherlock and Moriarty it's like you guys are stupid. Um, you're not the same. <laughs> this is like not even any interesting or fun ways. But this was like, oh yeah, we both are shitty to our girlfriends, and and we both are um, alienating to everybody we've ever met, and we both are so obsessed with this job that we don't know how to deal with real people, and we both have this code that we live by that's going to cause us in the uh, trouble in the end. Like I, there was a, I thought that conversation, and we both have creepy dreams. I don't know. I thought that, and it's because that was a real conversation between these two real sociopaths i thought that was actually like that was so interesting not to mention robert de niro and al pacino just acting the shit out of each other yeah oh oh yeah that's the i mean don't watch the movie watch that and then the line where he says the thing about leaving in 30 seconds yeah skip the rest of it yeah boy i sure am sick of all this heat (laughs) (laughs) i guess you guys were not following this chris is referencing upright citizens brigade season one <laughs> a sketch from a not super popular sketch show in the nineties. It's uh, worth a it's worth a it's look. So good. I, I guess I what I wonder sketch. about is like why do we why like and I'm I'm genuinely curious like what is it about these men that we like we care about so much like do we see ourselves in these dudes that have all these problems like is that why like them having this conversation where they're like we're the same we're the same it's like oh my god they're the same like what <laughs> what is so what is so exciting about that. It's like you you are causing a lot of people a lot of difficulty and you're like not actually good at your jobs. <laughs> like, well, so there's so a, what is that? There's like an I mean, there's obviously like a like an age old archetypal thing of cops and robbers and whether or not they're the same, like good guys and bad guys and how different they are is a I mean, this is this is a trope in society forever. And I think it, this is an interesting version of that. Um I also think it is. I I am fascinated by people who are super dedicated to their jobs to the uh, detriment of everything else, and they're not like they, they have problems with the way they do their jobs, but they're both very good at their jobs, relatively speaking. Compared to other people who rob things, they are real good at it. And and For I the also amount that they get caught and murdered. I just I I mean I it seems we're like we're supposed to couple we're, yeah we're seeing their last big fuck up that kills every member of their crew, which <laughs> doesn't feel like a way to be like mm, nailing that well, job though. But the only reason that that, that they their job that they fall apart in this moment is not because of a lack of something they did that like Robert De Niro didn't fuck up on this bank rob- robbery at the end. It's that Al Pacino was so good he caught him. And Robert De Niro hired result. a serial killer and then like couldn't rest until he had personally murdered said serial killer. Well, thus I ensnaring mean, himself in a situation where he ended up getting killed. Actually, I think that's really the thing is though he was trying to kill that guy. He should have done that way earlier, right? That, that's right. Sort of he tried. Up. No, he yeah. tried. He tried. Yeah, and no, then I, that's, very that's very the, bad luck at the diner. Oh, okay, but, but then he like left. He let that one. He let that like that. 
that Chekhov serial killer, he let that go on until the third act. So that was, that was <laughs> yeah, a real issue. A lot of I know, like one in-person interview really could have nipped this in the bud because you would have mm-hmm. been like, oh, you've got crazy eyes. We can't hire you. <laughs> it's really yeah. an HR problem, right? It's not like, a I know you came through problem. a reference, but like who else can we talk to about your record? Because this I mean, seems that, yeah, impossible. That's, a classic, all like, that's one of the things about this that is always interesting about a super crew is that it's so hard to get a reliable crew. Yeah. yeah, it's almost oh, like you're actually, doing something illegal. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I just I think it's it's really it's literally man. If you want, so if you want to be criminals, just really invest in your people. I think is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, aren't all problems HR problems? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Spoken like a person who's uh, taken HR training. <laughs> something it is. It is an HR problem. You guys. Give you yeah. free lunch. But one of the reasons why this crew was so successful is like, oh, we've all been working together a really long time and we're all very tight and we all trust each other. And for some reason, unnamed reason, they brought yeah. in Serial Killer to be an extra dude. He doesn't even do that th- that much. Like, he's not driving anything. He's keeping an eye on people that other people are also keeping well, an eye I mean, on. Crowd control is a really important part of a large-scale robbery. Uh. But, Which is oh, okay, why you cool. definitely hire someone you trust to do the crowd control. Yeah, so I mean, focus on shadowing then also there, or at least like some kind of training? Because it's not just like the hiring. <laughs> well, where's the apprenticeship here? Like, yeah, come on. Like, yeah, yeah. On-the-job training is not enough for all these things. If you have yeah. exactly. Done, right? Yeah. Not, you know, we watch we watch Top Chef, of course, um, and you guys should all be checking oh, yeah. out. Pack your mics if you haven't already, if you're interested in Top Chef. Uh, Top but Chef. in Restaurant Wars, you know, sometimes people get ditched, like sort of just hidden in front of house. They're like, oh, no, you can do front of house. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, we no, don't want you to cook. No, that's like the worst possible place to try to hide somebody, you know? In a place yeah, where they they're doing restaurant wars, they wait till it's four on four, so you can't really hide somebody because that's not a lot of people to run a restaurant. Yeah, it's it's if it was not. eight on eight. You could hide, you could bury two people, but four on yeah. four. Yeah, no. Turns John's out John's going to have a role no matter what you do. Ugh. Um, do you guys? Uh, one thing that I get out of the, a movie like this, and it's not the first time I've thought it, but this is sort of a running conversation that my wife and I have. Um, I'm glad we're not in the mob. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I like <laughs> being the mob what? in Act 2, just not in Act 3. Oh, yeah. You act know? 2 is but, always the best time for right? the mob. Right, because like, it's like, oh, man, you've made it. Here's like that family-style dinner that you've, you and, and people like calling you and like ruffling your head. That's all great. Yeah, that's the part that I also find compelling. But that's uh, also, I mean, it's, it's hard in a situation like this where it's handled briefly in one scene and like it still feels like kind of scuzzy. Like, oh yeah. yeah, still kind of scuzzy. Well, and that was—I thought that was kind of neat. Was like uh, he was missing his curly-haired girlfriend because he was like, "Man, my friends are so shitty." <laughs> he was at that dinner just hating his friends. You guys are not great. Yeah, why did I not surround myself people. with these people? Yeah, well, that's tough because like I don't think you should have to be friends with the people you work with. You know? No, that's true. Also, especially like if you work in a really intense industry. I mean, I love when I get to hang out with people who are not comedians. It doesn't happen often, but. People outside the industry sure are better people. You know, yeah. you know what actually what this makes me appreciate more than ever? Um, no. Vin Diesel really did a good job bringing his wait. crew together. Oh, I thought you were just... I just wanted to wait on Vin Diesel. Vin really, Diesel. <laughs> really made you appreciate Vin Diesel. Well, it does, though, because he's like... I mean, like, he brought all those people together. They really do enjoy each other. He focuses on family, you know? Yeah. So it's... Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's a... That's a in a way, that's... A, I guess that's where... That's a kind of heist thing I can get behind. Yeah. And boosting cars. La Familia. La Familia. Yes. La Familia. Well, spe- speaking of holding a crew together, uh, we have to talk about our crew falling apart. More after this. Hater, hater, hater. 
haters, haters, snitch haters, and I made myself so easy to love. All right, so it is time now for a lightning bonus round. Oh, we don't have an ad? No. Wait, no ad today. Yes, we do. What? No, we don't. Wide power. <laughs> no, what? we don't have time for an ad, and I want to do this thing instead. Oh, okay, you cool. said it was time for wide power. Well, for this week? Did I tell you that? Well, no, you just said when, when, there was, when there was no ad, you said I finally get to it. Oh, yeah. I've, we've been skipping the ad the last couple of weeks just because of, of time issues, and we've been going super long anyway. And, right. But yeah, someday we'll do your wide power ad. Chris and Tanya, did he tell you about wide power? No. no, and I'm okay with it. It's, so it's instead of what if someone joined the KKK because of uh, they really liked wide things, and and just were misunderstood about what why, what the KKK was all about. So th- this whole time they rose to the ranks of the KKK, but they thought they're supporting wide power instead of white power. And it's sort of a body a positivity re- thing. And then they have a just but wide things in general, everything that's wide they love. Um, and then just a rude awakening when they find out that the, everyone's actually racist. So that's an ad that you guys can look forward to later. <laughs> I'm just or not good enough at comedy to get in there. Sorry, yeah. guys. Probably uh, so, personal failing. So lightning bonus round. So uh, this week we have two lightning bonus questions. The first one is I asked our listeners to speculate on the scandal that is causing Chris and Tanya to step down from their role as regular hosts of the show. And we have some good... Well, first of all, mostly people just sent us all the crying gifts. Oh, yeah. And sorry, I, guys. It was very sweet of you to write in, though. Yeah, was, yeah, we did I, appreciate it. It was very touching. I did. It almost like helped raise my appreciation of just how many good crying gifts there are on the Internet. Yeah. Because, man, they kept coming and it was heart wrenching. Uh, yeah. But let's get some theories. Let's get some scandals. Uh, at Naslacker says uh, Tanya was revealed as the actual ghostwriter of Unwrap My Heart. I'm Whoa. here to say that's definitely not true. <laughs> it's not true. Um, Tanya helped. Tanya definitely I a, helped. I did. I did an editorial pass. That is accurate. But I certainly ghost wrote none of it. Um, that would be a scandal, though. Uh, uh, Rhiannon, who sent us like most of the crying gifts, said uh, they were just too good, and they had to leave the game before they would destroy it for everybody else. They made people too happy, and it was ruining people's lives to hear them every day. So they had to peace out. Yeah. I don't know if that's so I think much as overstating us a little yeah, bit. Probably. <laughs> Listen, it's a weekly show. <laughs> I feel like you just took. Uh, it's like the way we do compliments. Sometimes you just took a thing that you wanted to say and then flipped it. Listen, like you were going to totally say that appreciate and made it about scandal. And it is it is really lovely, and it's been really lovely to like be in touch with everybody on Twitter. And I, I so I you know that's something that I've always really enjoyed about being part of the show. And I yeah. yeah. I mean, I, and yeah, it can't I don't continue. Know. You'll still have Twitter. I'll, yeah, I'll still. I'm, I'm not. Turns out I'm not dying. I'm just not going to be <laughs> on the show as much. down from the internet. Yeah, no, not doing that. Can't, can't do that right now. At so many bees says I actually had a dream the other night that they left forever due to some sort of vague feud. I'm glad that's not the case, but I'm concerned that I've started dreaming about podcasts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nothing personal. So many bees, but do you know you can like fly and have sex with strangers in your dreams? Like this is a real boring choice you're making. Well, if you can remember it's a dream. That's the tricky bit. Or how much I accidentally dream about work, I I would like to say that, yes, those things do happen in dreams sometimes, but control over those things is tough to get. Yeah, that's true. But when you're you're working, 
Are you flying and having sex with strangers? No, no, I'm usually just getting in trouble. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> At Tim Miranda Sora says, uh, the green room photos with Paul F. Tompkins. Oh, by the way, I posted the photo of us from uh, Bumbershoot a couple years ago. Yeah. And uh, Tim says, the green room photos from Paul F. Tompkins the, from later in that day finally surface. Um, I don't know how that would be a huge scandal. It'd be more like, oh, Paul was super nice. Yeah, and he then was we a nice guy. Of, we got kicked out of that green room because we were regional talent and we weren't allowed to eat those tacos. We ate those. But tacos. we ate them. We'd already <laughs> eaten some. Couldn't give them back. One last taco job. As a rule follower, Man, got... I was not part of that. <laughs> well, we didn't steal them. We were told that those tacos were for us, and then after we got the tacos, they were like, "This is for national talent, and you are regional talent. You need to go." I mean, it was really upsetting. This is one of the things I'm the most angry about that's ever happened in my life. Yeah, you really um, held on to this one. Yeah, I was going to say you have in a way that I. Uh, yeah i have no comment <laughs> we spent a lot of time and money and effort getting to be there for you to be like these tacos are too good for you it was just it was just so shitty as a person who's been told that a certain bathroom is for models and had to respect oh! that decision i like can't even argue with this like some people have shitty jobs that involve telling people they can't be at certain places and eat certain things that's just what happens sometimes uh... also also you know what those tacos weren't the best tacos so no they were not even that good well right the national talent was disappointed yeah, yeah for sure um but before we got kicked out we met pop Tompkins. it was very nice uh at he was on the phone before and then after <laughs> yep at uh did uh says no however how or how will i ever be able to continue my one-sided fantasy friendship with them which i like uh not a scandal but i like um the idea of like a fantasy friendship league where you're like you're picking people that you're fake friends with that are famous, and then, uh, like, depending on how they do as friends, you get points, and you're like, I have a better friend group than you. I, and I'll just toss in there also uh, if you're disconnected from reality, you can keep on being fantasy friends with them. They can even still be on the podcast in your fantasy version of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you want. I, I mean, you know, within reason. It's time to also, step up your fantasy game. Also, out. in Scandals, Pulp says uh, Chris and Tanya's involvement in the show was revealed to be a multi-year viral marketing scheme for old El Paso fajita dinner kits. <laughs> oh, good Lord. That's something I would never want to eat. <laughs> so specific. But I do love the specificity. And yeah. also, we can still be friends on the internet, everyone. And also, this is really, if anything, is clearly a multi-year viral marketing scheme for chili. Hope you uh, like chili. Just chili in general? Or just yeah, just Tanya's chili. part of the chili Listen, I'm commission. just open to all kinds of chili. <laughs> uh, and then on Facebook, we got a bunch of good ones too. But uh, because of Facebook, a lot of these are longer. And I didn't pre-read all of them. Uh, so let's, let's get a couple of these. Uh, Callie says, in this newly developing dystopian society, people with dulcitones, creatively named the dulcets, Mm. are rounded up and sent to the government to work as professional presidential flatterers. On the day of Chris's assignment, he and Tanya are nowhere to be found. A woman comes knocking on Tanya's mother's door. It's Tanya's mother's former culturally obvious, oblivious co-worker. This is based on a reference, by the way, Tanya, to the story you told where your mom's co-worker didn't think you and her were related because she was white. Oh, um, yeah. I remember this. I'm sure you remember that, but apparently I, I don't <laughs> no, remember. No, I mean, I, I remember making this reference and I understand what's happening now. So, uh, a woman comes knocking on your mom's door. It's your mother's former culturally oblivious co worker. Hello, says the co worker, holding up a picture of the Smiths. We're looking for the dulcets that can, uh, we're looking for the dulcet tones that can kill a man. Is your daughter here? Tanya's mother keeps a straight face and says, No, that's just a face I like. Ah! Uh! <laughs> 
That's amazing. Very <laughs> thorough reference to like a passing comment you made a while ago. That's really that's really nice. It is very <laughs> it's sweet. Really, really nice. Uh, yeah. Though for how much Tanya hates dystopias, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm comfortable with it. Okay. Uh, Abby says clearly, Chris and Tanya have been caught embezzling the podcast sweet sweet Amazon dot com earnings. Yes, all those tens of dollars. Yes, <laughs> I mean I've I've proven that I'm a big believer in stealing for personal gain. <laughs> so obviously Don't. that would be what I would do. Don't worry, our our Amazon.com earnings are insured by the federal government. <laughs> you lean against if you get sick or, or, or weak, lean against the wall. Uh, <laughs> after their corporate misdeeds were uncovered, Reed and Weep leadership decides uh, to avoid a headline grabbing legal battle and decide quietly forces them to retire to Panama, where they will live a life of luxury with their ill gotten gains. Mm, white so sand this, beaches. So this gets them out of the way. Reed and Weep will be then swept up in a barrage of fake podcast competition in the form of knockoff podcasts. Uh, including read it and cry, see it and weep. The possibilities are endless. Oh, can I From toss them in? Yeah, please. Pretty sure they caught Alex blow drying his balls on Skype one too many times. Um, which it jokes on you, uh, David uh, Nanian, because we don't use Skype anymore. Yeah, and we haven't caught him yet. <laughs> uh, this is a reference to my uh, story from the weekly weep last week about going to the gym and learning life lessons from old men who are blow drying their balls. Yeah. Uh, well, sorry, what was the lesson? That uh, not everybody and- at the gym cares about what you look like. Some people are, like, most people are too focused on themselves to be judging you. That's really the moral well, of that for, story. Like, for, you mean for, like, for even rotation and, like, lack of burning? Like, that's the thing. No, like, I was on. really concerned about how I was looking at the gym. I was very self-conscious about yeah, it. Yeah. And so but then I saw this guy. concerned about their balls. This so. guy was blow drying his balls at the sink with the hand dryer. And so I realized not everyone is thinking about me. Not everyone here is like super concerned about appearances, and I should, you know. Is it worse if every day thinking about you? Last and dry my balls like no one's watching. (laughs) Yeah, that's nice. That's the lesson. Uh, Zachary says Tanya is going to be a live-in babysitter for Beyonce's twins. Oh man, if only. Yeah, holy shit! And Chris is using that relationship to jumpstart his rap career. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't know, Chris. Um, Rap career. Well, uh, I've got some dulcet tones, but uh, my flow is lacking. So I could really use some uh, some talent development. And I think that one Mr. Sean Carter, as long as my wife you is might... hanging out in their house all the time, could really help me. Put some effort into it. Yeah. I saw a poster for a rap show in Denver one time that was that was called, I Wish My Rhyme Was As Good As My Hustle. <laughs> nice. And that's inspired me for a long time. I feel like just like, just because you're not good at a thing doesn't mean you can't do it in public until you get better. If you have a good enough hustle, and so that's, maybe that's why you blow dry your balls. I, I why, why am I surprised you picked up on that one? Out of all of the ones, <laughs> I swing at every pitch, <laughs> but, was, but twice at the ones that have balls in them. Yeah. Speaking of people There's living by balls. certain maxims, <laughs> Jordan says Tanya has been in a league with Russian spies in order to stay the lizard of bullshit mountain. Uh, Whoa. Wow, it's weird though because I don't act like I like that title. Which explains. <laughs> Yeah, you act like you don't like it, but you're so into you it. You also act like you don't like uh, that, like the fajita frozen dinners, right? But but we all know the real story. Double there. reverse, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just that who wouldn't want an affordable and easy way to make fajitas for the whole family in less than 20 minutes? Honestly, Steve I've says, lost half of my body weight eating these frozen fajitas. I highly recommend. <laughs> Steve says Tanya is Steven says Tanya is actually a British MI6 sleeper agent in deep cover. She's recently been activated by a coded message hidden in, in an episode of Rosemary and Time. Oh my gosh, you guys. I wow. don't ever think anyone's listening when I'm talking, but clearly you are. They're taking detailed notes. Jeez. Also, the most flattering part of that is assuming that Tanya's secretly British. Ugh. Be yeah. still my heart. Uh, also, let's see. W. Seth says, Chris and Tanya have secretly been running a series of Amazon.com fakes, such as Amalazon, Amazon, Amazon, and ramalamazonzon.com. <laughs> those do, those easier do sound like... to type than you would think. <laughs> oh, man. Those sound like Wait. the kind of names I would come up with. We do have to buy ramalamazonzon because that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> uh, well, now that Chris is gone, we can spend all our time buying domains on the air. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is his favorite thing. Shine on, you crazy diamonds. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple more, real quick. Uh, Marjorie says Tanya Day wasn't good enough, so she's leaving to make 2017 the Tanya year. Oh, wow. I yeah. No, I loved Tanya Day. I still don't fully understand it, but <laughs> it was really uh, yeah. was you, come back to, you come back to the show for Tanya Day? Oh, absolutely. Um, Jocelyn says that Chris gave birth to a child who isn't Tanya's. <laughs> Take that, science. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Helen says that Tanya landed a role in Fifty Shades Freed, so she can't stay. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I listen. Everyone knows those movies have really good soundtracks. So I was, Ooh. I was wooed in. Uh, Helen continues. Sadly, it is a fully clothed role. So oh, I'm, Helen I'm, is I'm on you. I was going to say I don't know that I'm like that great on camera. So maybe I'm just a secretary. It's fine. Helen also says. Also, I guess Chris has a role. So Chris. <laughs> You're in there Chris somewhere. <laughs> you know, my favorite thing about all this is how much love is showered on Tanya, and absolutely <laughs> no deservingly so. Thing. No, absolutely deservingly so. And like, I'm thrilled now. Like for our listeners, they won't be confused who's talking because like <laughs> is that Chris or Ez. Oh, well, now, now they, they will because now there's more guests and they don't know yeah, who they are. So Ezra or this guy I haven't heard before. I don't know. They sound the same. <laughs> and Chris, I know there is definitely a lot of love showered on Tanya, and deservingly so. But also, there a lot of these are about your dulcet tones. I mean, you are... Th- these are, like, I don't know if... I'm the we're not about dulcet. equitability. But yeah. you are you are also beloved. Um, and none of these are on us, because Ez and I are staying. So yeah, can, yeah, can, can right. we fake our deaths, Alex, so we can get, like, the like the, the Huck Finn, Tom Sawyer... I just want to like, hear yeah. what people tweet about me after I die. I, well, <laughs> yeah, I'd like... I'd like no, it's not a good enough reason for me to go on Twitter. Never mind. I'm out. <laughs> uh, Robin says this is the darkest timeline. Yeah, yeah. Aww, Robin. And Caitlin says, Caitlin says Chris, Chris lost all the uh, the nudes he had of Alex. Yeah, Which I can no weird. longer blackmail you. It feels weird that you're blackmailing me into the show that I made you do that you never really liked. <laughs> that was the cover story. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so that's lightning bonus round. Thank you guys for playing the scandal game. Lightning bonus round. Um, question number two, real talk. What are your actual non-scandal plans, you guys? Ooh. So, like, what's happening, you know? Um, I, obviously, like, we, as and I seem a little more cavalier about this than the audience has been this week, and that's because we knew for a while. So yeah, we've, we've had, had a, lot- a lot of time to, to have this, you know, gone through the range of emotions, guys. So yeah. in, in a, I don't know, I guess one to three months, uh, everyone will feel... Numb like we do. 
Yeah, exactly. You'll oh, be able no. to just roll with the punches. <laughs> I I cried when I found out, but that was months ago. Oh, so everybody. That's totally okay. It has been like uh, talking to you guys every week has been one of my favorite things in my life. So I'm sad to see you go. But I also realize you are adults who are not trying to make a living in the podcast game. So tell us what's going on. Let's see. Part of it is just that I, I am working more. My real life job has taken more of my time than my previous real life job. And so like right after this show, I'm going to go work again for a couple hours. Chris, so you're saying that you're retiring to spend less time with your family? Yeah, basically. <laughs> that, that old chestnut. Yeah, that, it, it feels good. Like, I think, you know, it's it's about time because everyone always says after they die, I wish I had worked more. Yeah. Chris, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I wish so I had worked more. That. I wish I had spent less time with those who care about me. <laughs> everything that's bad that we, we watch or read from here on out, you will have dodged those bullets. Uh, true. That's, that's also a thing. Is like, it's not... It's not necessarily the time talking that is the biggest time suck of this. It's all oh, the no, time. No, no. Yeah, know. it's a pl- it's consumption you don't play. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Significant. Yeah. So uh, you know, part of it is just you know, kind of getting a little bit more work-life balance and and feeling less rushed and hopefully making time for it's more. Just one cool thing we stuff today, time. Chris, it's that you don't need more work-life balance. Just die in an airport with us. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's not quite an airport like that. that. <laughs> it's like nearby the airport yeah it's like yeah, near well, an airfield an air, airfield is what i meant to say yeah um it, here's here's the question though what is is there something you guys are gonna look forward to consuming now that you won't have to consume shit mm. oh interesting um frankly like i think this will be the first year that i try to watch all like the the oscar nom movies before ooh. the oscars have you started time uh nope, nope. <laughs> but now like you know after this i'll start having time again so yeah well that's part of it i mean i yeah i'm i'm trying to do more talking in front of people as a yeah, thing this giving year some live presentations in the new york area yeah yeah mm. so i'm doing one in february and one in march which is cool uh and can you tell me can you let me know the details so i can post about it sure yeah yeah i won't i won't be i i just want to be respectful of the window in which people like to market their own things and you know since they're being kind enough to invite me to be part of it i don't want to jump the gun but but yeah so things like that are are sort of something that i'm i'm trying to put more time toward this year for sure so it's something i really enjoy yeah that's awesome um so so yeah so no real drama just like stuff going on in your lives yeah we're all still friends you guys yeah absolutely i mean not actually in practice but like theoretically we will continue to be friends that's That's good this is a good time to say that (laughs) wow bombshell (laughs) dropped no i'm sure we'll still be friends i just won't uh i won't be able to tell i mean here's the thing we we just might have to put some work into actually being friends uh i don't have time i've got all these shitty movies to watch (laughs) <laughs> okay, can I just give you can I just give you like a, a task where it's just like just be a friend once a week? Can we just do that? Just so like once a week we'll just say like hey on it could just be a text message. We'll have like a chain and we can just say hey. Oh, group texting is so bad, but I'd do it for you guys. Yeah, it's because you're on Android and we're all on Apple. Yeah, so not, they not don't talk well. bad. It's bad because yeah. like it's like when my whole family is on a group text and then someone has to say something not helpful and then everyone else has to respond to that and it just yeah. takes a while. Yeah, I'm, you guys I'm ever, text. 
You guys ever oh, try to eat brunch on a weekend where people are like, hey, you want to pick a spot? And then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, uh, is, that is. This is unfortunate because I feel like I am strongest via text message. Like, that might really? be when I say, like, the best <sighs> stuff I ever say. I feel like the most charming I've ever been is when I used to instant message in high school. I was so charming over I am. I totally get what you're saying, Tanya. Yeah, it's. That uh, was my, yeah. It's my jam. Everything yeah. that I do in person is less. If there was a way that I could just be like, I aming you guys this uh, podcast, people would like it so much more. Okay, guys. I just started our group text chain. It exists Unwilly. now. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, this is something that I think everyone is really excited to know exists and I never can... be able to participate in. <laughs> I think they should know because I do feel like one of the big main draws to the show up till now has been listening to friends hang out. And in the future, it's just going to have to be listening to me talk about movies. And so if you don't like that as much, what? I know we're going to lose true. some people. You're, you're still friends with Ezra. And you, and am, you, and are you friends have your with, friends on the show. And I was going to say, you're still bringing people on the show that you are friends with. Yeah, that is true. Sure, but you just can't bring enemies onto the show anymore. That's really the thing. <laughs> yeah, you got to stop doing that. Nah. That is that is very tense and scary for everyone. <laughs> Yeah, that was a mistake. Um, yeah, keep Steve Bannon off. Ezra's texting the group pictures of brunch in case you guys are wondering what's happening. Wow, it's uh, weird because that's not like a thing Chris loves. <laughs> brunch this, or, this group text or, is off to a rocky start, you guys. I had a whole screed about this on a weekly leap last year, how I think brunch is overrated. Not that it's bad, just overrated. That's all. I think it's just rated. I think the society has chosen how to rate it and you exactly. disagree with it. But it's yeah, that's how averages work. Um, I, uh, I guess this is a good time then to say, like, what are the plans for the show? Stop yeah. group texting. I'm trying to focus. <laughs> Wait, so Alex, what you're saying is because Tanya and I are leaving, you're, the show will completely stop and listeners will never hear another episode of Read It and Weep? No, I'm not saying that at all. We're still here. All We're going right. to be around. Uh, we um, are left behind. We, oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys. Like Kirky Cams. <laughs> Damn it. <with> text messaging <laughs> Ezra. <laughs> So distracting. Uh, uh, I'm enjoying this. Also, I, my I think my notification sounds are playing over the recording, so I think everyone thinks we can't hear it. So no, no, I hear nothing. No. Oh, no. but I well, but I think the recording is hearing it. We'll see. Oh. Anyway, the point is, uh, so the show's still going to be here. Ezra is still going to be halftime because he uh, still has a kid. Hasn't still. It's not like Chris and Tanya aren't taking the kid with them. Oh man, yeah. that'd be great for some just for like a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, not, not forever, but oh, for man, if we lived in the same place, I would be all We'd up totally, on that. Yeah, yeah, oh, he yeah. Okay. so rad. At a certain point, guys, like that becomes like worthwhile to get me to, to for me to get you guys out here because like just <laughs> hey, can for like a couple of hours. Yeah, man, oh, yeah. I will. I will front half your moving costs if you if you can like watch them like a couple hours. Yeah. So we're, we're, making some, we're making some changes besides babysitting arrangements. Uh, so Ezra's still going to be half-time. I'm still going to be full-time, which means there'll be more uh, recurring guests. And so what yeah. I'm trying to do is have like a, a narrow window of like five people who are like here. One of them is here every week and then like 15 people who are here every couple weeks. And then, yeah. So it's like we'll have different groups. I, it, it is fun that I'm going to have more new people on the show who have not been on the show before. Totally. And I'm excited about that. Um, also, because you know, this, because this has been sort of an existential crisis for me, it's allowed, it's actually opened up the space to like play around a little bit more with the show. So, as you've noticed over the last few weeks, I've been watching stuff that I want to watch because I don't have a committee to run it by. So no one can, no one's telling me they're bad ideas. If I just want to watch Young Pope and talk about it, people just w have to watch Young Pope with me. So it's kind of, it's kind of like the, it's like the upside of being the last man on Earth, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like I can 
I can watch whatever. No one's going to tell me to change the channel. And uh, I, I can, can drive my balls anywhere I want. I can, <laughs> and I, I can wear my train conductor hat everywhere. And yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Uh, it's pretty fun. Um, I, I am trying to keep it a little bit. I mean, I guess one thing that's happening is because uh, because it's so much time and be, we've been bad things forever. But also, I'm trying to occasionally sprinkle in some more topical relevant things, like stuff that matters to my life. So, like, we are going to watch um, some Oscar noms on the show because uh, I had to watch all this stuff for SAG voting. Because I'm a SAG member now, so I had to vote in the SAG Awards. And I uh, got to. And so I have, like, this pile of DVDs to watch. And uh, so I'm going to talk about some of them. Um, I actually, and I'm, I'm, I would reach out to to the fans uh if there's a thing you like or a thing you don't like uh what, I mean, thing you want to hear of, our take on or alex yeah, yeah. take on yeah, yeah. A- anything anything structural if there's basically if there's a favorite thing about the show or a least favorite thing about the show this is probably a good time to to, to jump in and, and let us know unless that, the favorite thing is chris and tanya and the least favorite thing is me then you could just hang on to that opinion just yeah. just keep that keep your opinions in your pocket right don't, be, letter, don't be hurtful write in with there's love there's no reason to be mean yeah. there's really no reason to be mean I mean there's one reason that it's it's occasionally funny there's a lot of- <laughs> <laughs> Some, sometimes there's, we all gotta talk a lot of it you wanna be true to yourself uh, you hope yeah. it'll help me in the long run if you give me critical feedback I am just very fragile so if you could do that <laughs> for other people but leave it me to my own devices that'd be great maybe, uh, maybe give you like sort feedback, of uh, send it to me <laughs> Yeah. yeah, if you could send Chris and Tanya your insults of me, they can just hang. Like you guys can decide what you want me to see and what you don't. Yeah. Oh, I want. I no, I don't. I don't. This is so. You are my friend. I don't want people to beat up on you on the internet or because I made a choice. Yeah, that's not nice. Uh, I it'll still happen. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. Keep keep me in keep in touch. One thing that I had have noticed from our download numbers is that people actually do seem to like when we do relevant current things and so yeah. that's one of the reasons i'm gonna keep things kind of fresh although i've definitely gotten tweets from people that are like i skip when it's something i've heard of <laughs> wow all right so so it's great no matter what someone will like something yeah somebody's gonna listen anyway it's gonna be good i do think the show is gonna uh like rebound it's gonna take a while but we're gonna find our footing and there's some there's some fun stuff coming up i think you guys will enjoy i'm also okay. still writing the week the weekly weep on my own so it's bi-weekly right now but um or semi-weekly, whichever one means what I think it means. And they uh, both do. that's the weird thing. Oh, uh, language. Anyway, um, and most importantly, Chris and Tanya will be back from time to time. So they are um they're not retiring, they are going from hosts to occasional guests. True Is that fair, fair to say? Yeah, yeah, so we just have a series of one last You job. haven't heard the last of us. <laughs> so yeah, so this is not one last job, it's one last full-time job, occasional part-time jobs to follow. <laughs> like freelance like for example i'm pretty confident you guys will be here for uh furious eight or whatever what's the next at least, at least one of you yeah furious eight yeah is that's that, the name is, is it furious eight i don't know if it I is like they have like a i feel like it uh it's like the fate of the, the furious fate and the furious oh the, that's right yeah i've like bare i go into a fugue state around like the names of the movies i definitely see them all but <laughs> i have no oh, idea yeah. like yeah. what anything's called anymore what do you so, guys like to go in a few mistakes about? <laughs> right in and tell us. So we'll have you guys back at least for that. Uh, and then do we have a release date for that? I can't find it. Uh, uh, this April, 14th? Uh, April 14th. Yeah, yeah. So it, we'll have you back in April at least. And then also again in April of 2019 for the ninth film and April of 2021 for the 10th film. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep this you going. Have to back for Tanya Day also. And Tanya yeah, Day. Yeah, I'm, There's I'm some down things. for that. We have some other, we have some other cool surprises coming up. We're also going to hit our eight year anniversary and our 400th episode this summer. Anyway, you guys will be around, so uh, but uh, do keep 
everybody keep in touch uh yeah. with us and with them on twitter and then we will keep in touch by text message it's gonna be great uh let's go in real quick let's do our minor compliments and get out because the show is uh inexcusably long for a show about getting in and getting out um <laughs> <laughs> as i think you're first what's your minor compliment for heat um i mean can we just go that the no retreat no surrender options for ralph Oh yes, 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 yes. But I'm still doing this as my minor compliment. So okay, that's so fine. Ralph, Take it away from me. I can't help but not. Uh, I I got to summarize here. Yeah, please. So, somebody had to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ralph is Al Pacino's wife's lover. So yes. he's Mister. He, she is cheating on Al Pacino with Ralph, and Ralph is just at the house one day when Al Pacino shows up, and like the wife is just doesn't care. She's like, "Yeah, this is my friend Ralph. What's up?" And, and then Al Pacino uh, is like, cool, you can fuck my wife, but don't watch my color television. Yeah. He, and then he takes the TV away yeah, and then later takes the TV at that time. Yeah, it was I was like, like, you're really mad wife. about this dude watching your 12-inch color television. Yeah, totally. But uh, Ralph is just, uh, what's, it's such a funny scene because Ralph keeps trying to leave and Al Pacino does not let him, but is actually never that mean to him. Uh, Ralph is like, excuse I'm so sorry. I didn't know she was married. I should just go. And like, don't go. Sit there. Just relax. No, like, I talk. really think I should talk. go. No. no, let the adults talk, <laughs> Ralph. Ralph, Ralph, if you leave, this won't be awkward enough. So just chill. Let us have <laughs> this fight. And then this is my favorite part. My compliment to this is that uh, she says the wife says, uh, "We're you know you never talked to me, Al Pacino. We're not communicating at all. I had to demean myself with Ralph just to get closure with you." And oh, Ralph, Ralph is sitting right there. <laughs> She just says that right in front of Ralph. Like I just like I felt so bad for Ralph. Just a pawn in these people's game. I and would I, really love to see yeah what Ralph does after this. Yeah, no retreat, no surrender. Like where is Ralph now? What's he up to? Yeah, <laughs> he too. Ralph's story. Yeah, <laughs> turns out he has not yet left that house. Ten He's years later. Couch. Well, I like the idea that Ralph like got himself a TV and then like you know decided to like. TV. Get a get a treadmill and like he like you know got really fit started doing marathons you know just yeah. found a real community of like minded runners and Ralph is you know spry and very oh. sinewy. I'm so yeah. glad you're healthy, Ralph. Well, uh, that's our no retreat, no surrender compliment. Tanya, what's your last nice thing you're going to say about Heat? Well, I know ever. that Al Pacino at a at very at a late point in the film kind of craps on on his wife's house. <laughs> Like he like oh, calls yeah, he, it like a like, modernist like techno dead modernist. Yeah, yeah, which is funny because I spent most of the movie really admiring her house. Yes, yeah, it's a great house. I love it. I thought it was really cool. I mean, and I I, I agree that like there were some things that were a little like overly heavy handed in terms of the modernism and like unnecessary. Wait, in a, in a Michael Mann movie, overly <laughs> heavy handed. But I'm talking about the set. I like. <laughs> but I, I like liked... a good techno modernist dead house. I yeah, well, it turns I out mean, that's, and, that's my jam. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have a we have a a beautiful print that says <laughs> "Evil people in modernist homes and film." Yeah, Isn't that right. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in you know evil people in modernist homes. But I I really liked especially the kitchen that she had like this portrait up on the wall that like wasn't framed like felt like maybe Natalie Portman's character created it or something. And I just like I liked the way that the house looked like it was laid out and a lot of the furniture spoke to me. I don't yeah. know. It just seemed like a really beautiful space. So I was a little sad that like in addition to I don't know, you know, yelling at Ralph who really didn't do that much wrong. He also was like, This house is terrible. But uh I liked it. 
I really like just as a like a character, like all the things he's really upset about. He's been holding it in how much he doesn't like this style of furnishing. Yeah. That was a finally. Fun. Yeah. yeah, finally he's it's, like it's only when our marriage is falling apart can I tell you I'm not a fan of modernism. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. <laughs> uh Chris, what is your minor compliment? Bring right. the show home about heat. Yeah. So uh my compliment is for all the policemen in heat. And that they were um Al Pacino aside, they seemed pretty competent at their jobs. At least like, you know, in sometimes in a heist movie. You know, the cops are really portrayed as like like dumb, sort of like guard dog like people who will just run at the nearest distraction or whatever. And these guys, you know, they know their way around. They're besides they're, there's clumsy doofus who does ruin the the other thing. But they oh, are yeah. pretty good at following up on leads. They're pretty good yeah. at tracking down these criminals who are supposed to be, you know, good at their jobs. And so I like it when competent professionals are shown on screen almost as a rule. Mm-hmm. Um but uh these ones were part of that. And I enjoyed it. I, I I love competency porn. I'm a fan. And they did do some good policing. They did some real dumb, careless, reckless, dangerous shit. Yes. The they also did some decent... Yeah, yeah like, when they were shooting automatic weapons into crowds of people. Who they didn't know. <laughs> I, that is never a defense. You can't sorry, prove that. You've got to stop saying that. <laughs> what I love about that is it's so not what you believe in life. <laughs> But you're sticking to it because you commit. You swung at the pitch once. You're swinging at it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why she's got my number. Uh, keep it up, as. <laughs> that is it for our show, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We are going to be back again next week. Next week, we're talking about Fifty Shades Darker. Hey, Chris. Damn. Hey. Are you sad to miss that? Nope. <laughs> Am I going to listen to the not track? Probably. Yeah, <laughs> it'll probably be decent. Uh, man, I'm not excited about this movie, but I feel like we have to, so we're going to do that. And the people yeah. who skip relevant things can can skip this one, too, or they can listen because we're sad, whatever you like out of it. Yeah. As a sneak preview, this is the one where she gets creepily groped in an elevator while oh. other people are in the elevator, and oh. Charlie Tango dies. Oh, oh. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Oh, Summary over. Oh, I'm so sad about this movie. Oh. But we have a really exciting panel. I'm really excited for you guys to hear what they have to say about it. It's going to be really fun. Um, so join us again for that. And uh, also, I do want one more time mention that the Weekly Weep still exists. You can get it by signing up on the mailing list, readersweep.com. Also, I'm putting them up on Medium uh, at Weekly Weep, I think. I don't remember how. Yeah, at the Weekly Weep with hyphens. Anyway. The dash weekly, weekly. Google. It's fine. Yeah, just they'll, Google they'll it. But if yeah, if you just Google the weekly week, you'll find it on Medium. And uh, I'm I'm putting some medium form writing, not like quite long form, but I'm just putting up some writing there, uh, including this week uh, my new segment here. Let me ruin that for you, where I tell you about the giant island of garbage in the Pacific Ocean that turns out not to exist. There you go. Turns out that thing everyone's talking about about the giant Pacific Ocean island of garbage, total horseshit. And uh, yeah, so you don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, I'm not sure that's what I took away from that, but okay. It, I mean, there is a higher concentration of dissolved plastic particles in certain portions of the ocean, but there is not a, an island of garbage you can walk across. You could swim in the island of garbage and not notice that there's anything different. Let's read more good. about that. Check out the Weekly Week. Thanks, Chris. You sure know how to do a plug. Um, 
And uh, yeah, that's it. And also, uh, please, you can go to Amazon.com for all your purchases if you want to funnel money away from Amazon and towards whatever creepy pyramid scheme Chris and Tanya are building in their absence. Mm, might be a creepy pyramid. And keep... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is our scheme, our creepy pyramid scheme to build creepy pyramids everywhere. Well, that's, that's well, well named. Uh, Listen, whoa. we're good at titles. Hey, yeah. guys, I just discovered something pretty interesting. Yeah. Okay. There's a movie called Ezra that's coming out. Oh. I doesn't look great. It's a Indian great. Indian uh, Malayalam horror thriller, uh, oh. which doesn't seem the kind of thing that I would want my name attached to, but they didn't ask me. They didn't ask. You can sue. It's just like how you're not allowed to say Olympics out loud. Oh, shit. It's a weird callback to our other podcast. Uh, Pack Your Mics, which you should also check out. Anyway, uh, thanks for being here at Ezra Fox. Yep. Never on Twitter. And at C. Walter Smith. Uh-huh. And Come at, at me. The, the Tanya Best. I still like Chili, and I hope you do, too. All right. We'll <laughs> talk to everybody later. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Shh.